Hi guys, and welcome to another episode of the Orca Nerd Podcast. A couple of things I'd like to talk about quickly. The Orca Nerd website does a featured episode with the newest episode. I had some feedback about not being able to see the description for the featured episode. So when you're listening to the featured episode and you want to see the description, all you have to do is click on to the episode title and it'll bring up um, the podcast and also the descriptions below. And of course, I wanted to remind you guys that Orca Nerd has a Facebook page now, and that's usually the basis of where I get a lot of my feedback. And also, if you guys want to know something in particular or want me to talk about a, um, a specific Orca, this is the place to do it. So like us on Facebook and let me know what you think. For this episode, I'd like to talk about an orca named Lolita. Now, we're going to go back to August of 1970. This was one of the most notable orca captures that took place in Penn Cove off of Washington State. A large pod of killer whales were coming in to have a feast on the Chinook salmon that was once plentiful. Ted Griffin, which we've mentioned in a previous episode, and his crew were ready for the hunt. Armed with boats, bombs, nets, and a helicopter, the crew herded the huge pod into the cove. The orcas decided to split off into two groups, one with older males and females, while the other group consisted of mothers and their calves. The boats were chasing what they thought was the entire group, until the helicopter seen from above that the pod had split up into two. The crew was able to herd the entire pod back into the inlet. Looking just for smaller orcas, the crew would separate mothers and young ones. Once in the nets, the younger orcas were dragged to shallower waters to get them into the transport slings. Once they were in these slings, they were being sent all around the world. If any orcas were caught in the nets and drowned, the crew would open up their bellies, stuff them with bricks, then tie their flukes with anchors and let them sink to the bottom of the ocean. Three months later, the dead orca bodies somehow washed up ashore, making headline news and enraging the public. Due to this particular incident, Washington State passed the Marine Mammal Protection Act in 1972, deeming it illegal to take any marine mammal out of its natural habitat without a permit. One orca in specific that was taken from the capture was transported to the Miami Seaquarium in Florida. They named her Lolita. Now, Lolita actually had a tank mate. His name was Hugo, and Hugo was caught in 1968, which was two years previous to Lolita. He was caught in Vaughn Bay, Washington. He was originally transferred to New York Aquarium in Coney Island with another female orca. This female orca died approximately six months after capture due to a respiratory infection. Later in 1968, Hugo was transferred to the Miami Seaquarium. He was once kept in a tank that now holds manatees. In 1970, the Whale and Dolphin Stadium was complete at the Miami Sea Aquarium, and along came Lolita. Something that is very important to this story is the living conditions of these orcas. Many pictures and diagrams of this pool have been made up for people to understand the dimensions better. I've linked a picture in the description box. And again, if this is the latest episode of the podcast, you would need to click on the episode title itself to access the links. Furthermore, the new tank made in 1970 was 80 feet long and approximately 60 feet wide, with a work island, which is a platform made for trainers, just about in the middle of the pool that cuts the entire pool in half. So now we are talking about a pool that is 80 foot long and 35 feet wide. Behind the work island is a 12-foot deep medical pool. The deepest part of the pool is 20-foot deep. I'm going to take a guess here and say that both of the orcas grew to about 20 feet in length. And just take a minute to think about all of the shows that they performed together in such a tiny space. Hugo was known for bashing his head into his pool walls. I cannot place a year, but this particular incident comes up a lot in his story. 
He threw himself into the glass of the pool, cut himself up, and made the glass break to where the pool was draining water very quickly. In January of 1980, trainers noticed that Hugo was acting a little different. He was eating well and performing all right, but he was a little more thrashy, according to the trainers. He was becoming more sluggish through the end of January, and of course, vets were keeping an eye on him through the months of January and March, giving him some medications to try and help him, also giving him more doses of his vitamins. Sadly, on March 4th of 1980, Hugo was found dead in the pool. He had given himself an aneurysm by bashing his head against the walls of the tank, which is usually described as committing suicide. And I will provide the link to the necropsy results in the description box below. So back again to Lolita. She lost her only connection to other orcas. I do believe she is living in her tank with at least one bottlenose dolphin. A very few important things to note here. Lolita is the only surviving southern resident killer whale in captivity. She is the last southern resident killer whale to live from those horrific captures in 1970. Scientists are almost positive that Lolita's mother is L25 Ocean Sun. Ocean Sun was presumed to be about 80 to 90 years old in 2018. I cannot find any information if she is still living at this time. Animal rights activists have been trying to free Lolita for years. With her pool being the main source of concern, activists tried suing the Miami Seaquarium to no avail. In 2005, when the southern resident killer whales were considered endangered under the Federal Endangered Species Act, came another way to get Lolita back to her natural habitat. The Lummi Nation from the Salish Sea area actually renamed Lolita Tokite to represent her as one of their ancestors. In 2019, members of the Lummi Nation carved a totem of the orca and made the trip from Washington to Miami with a totem to spread awareness that Lolita belongs home with not only her whale family, but also with the Lummi Nations. Another constant battle that you will hear when it comes to captive orcas released into the wild is that it is not in the orca's best interest, something that the owner of Miami Seaquarium has used many times throughout this struggle. Lolita is actually a better fit to be released than what Keiko was back in the late 90s and early 2000s, in my opinion, and here's why. We know who Lolita's mother is. We know what group she belongs to. Her health is in much better shape than what Keiko's was years ago, and there are many plans that we can now use in order to help her adjust. It wasn't like Keiko's release where it had never been done before and we were just doing the best we could. We have solutions now with multiple plans in place with multiple experts to help. And something to also note here as somebody who lives in Florida, many news articles have been presented um, with the COVID-19 issue and Lolita being quarantined just by herself. This isn't like at SeaWorld where there's at least a few more orcas. She is the only orca in that tank. You're probably wondering what you can do to help Lolita at this point. Below I will link a petition from change.org that you can sign. This petition will end on September 24th of 2020. Now, September 24th is the day that Lolita arrived at the Miami Seaquarium. One more thing you can do is just stay aware of what is going on and pass as much information on as you can to family and friends. I have also linked an article from PETA. It is a letter to the Miami-Dade State Attorney calling for the investigation into animal cruelty charges against the Miami Seaquarium. I want to thank you guys so much for listening. Lolita is something that is also near and dear to my heart, just like Keiko. There is something we can actually do for her, and for whatever reason, we just aren't doing it. Whether that be corporate greed, or just not enough press coverage. 
If you guys like to know more about Lolita or any other whale, please go to Orca Nerd Podcast on Facebook and suggest something to me for a topic. I hope you guys stay safe and have a wonderful evening, and we'll talk soon.